0: Herald and News. Herald and News. Your news now. Herald and News. Empowering the community. Basin Views. Herald and News. Your news now. Klamath Falls, Oregon. Herald and News. Podcast. Empowering the community and serving the Klamath Basin. This is the Herald and News Basin Views Podcast. Greetings and welcome to Basin Views, a Herald and News podcast featuring interviews with local experts discussing issues important to the Klamath Basin. I'm Kurt Lidke with the Herald and News. This week, we are joined by Phil Studenberg, attorney and city council member by trade, here to discuss, among other issues, the marijuana petition that will be on the Klamath Falls ballot in the upcoming November election. Phil, thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to join us. Thank you. Well, I always like to start these things off with getting to know our guests a little bit better before we will delve into the topic at hand. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. I I grew up in South Dakota. I went to uh, law school at the University of South Dakota. Came out here in 1978, so I'm on my 40th year of uh, practicing law. Got elected to the city council two years ago, the first public office I've held. I've served in a lot of positions with uh, criminal defense organizations and things like that, and I've been real active with the Normal, Normal, uh, National Organization to Reform Marijuana Laws, the Democratic Party. And uh, I've just been a pretty active citizen here for 40 years. finally decided to run for office.
0: The uh, role of both city council member and attorney uh, in a community this small, there must be some occasional overlap from time to time, right?
1: There definitely is, especially in my role as a, since I'm uh, oversight for the city police department, quite often I encounter, I have criminal cases that involve city police officers. And obviously I have to be careful about administrative matters involving discipline of police officers and things like that. I've got to be real careful about conflicts of interest especially. But uh, it's also helpful that I can bring to, uh, to my supervision of the police department my experience as a criminal defense lawyer as well. And I have great respect for the city police here.
0: Well, we have less than a month to go until it is Election Day, and there's lots of issues uh, nationally and locally. And the big one that I wanted to bring you in to talk about today is Measure eighteen one twelve, which is the opt-in, opt-out issue associated with recreational marijuana in Klamath Falls. Let's first of all delve into what Measure 91 was when when that passed a couple years ago and what that established.
1: Well, Measure 91 allowed for uh, retail... Marijuana sales in the state of Oregon, but it also had the opt-out clause, and most of eastern Oregon counties took that opt-out clause, decided they didn't want to be involved in that, and including the county and the city of Klamath, uh, we I tried to persuade the city council to override that, which they could have done. Uh, I was the only councilman that supported it, so we decided to put it on the ballot and see if the people would vote to overturn it. When we had the countywide, um, vote that it actually passed in the city, uh, it was defeated in the county this last time. So we have great hope that we can get the city residents to, uh, to lift the moratorium.
0: So the opt in opt out was any area that had more, uh, total voters more than 55% against right. in the measure 91 right. vote, um, that they had the choice to opt out, Yes. um, keeping the prohibition of recreational marijuana use in place. That seems like it would cause a lot of confusion for places like, uh, you know, not in Klamath, but our neighboring County, Lake County, where the County opted out, but the community of Lakeview opted in. Right. So that may be
1: where we're going to be at here too.
0: Depending on what street you stand on, if you're in the urban growth boundary versus in town, it's either legal or illegal. I'm, I'm sure uh, from a, Law enforcement standpoint, that's got to be really confusing, yeah, too. Yeah, I
1: think it is. Well, the, the state laws right now are fairly confusing. We've had a couple where people were arrested because the officer didn't understand how you count uh, immature plants, things like that. The whole area is pretty gray, and we need to get that cleared up. But certainly, if we pass this in the city, people are going to have to figure out where, where they can and cannot have retail establishments, and it, it's going to take a little work.
0: So what was the argument for opting out when uh, Klamath Falls chose not to participate?
1: Well, I heard a lot of talk about the workforce. They were concerned the uh, the economic development people thought it was going to be a problem for having qualified employees when we're trying to bring in new economic development. Lately, I've been hearing a lot of talk about odor. There's a lot of concern about smells, which uh, the, the cities that have set up these dispensaries seem to there's pretty good technology to to deal with odors but odor seems to come up a lot then there's a lot of talk about kids having access to marijuana that if we uh, if, if there are retail establishments that young people are going to be able to get a hold of marijuana more easily and uh, that kind of baffles me I, I I see it as a, the opposite I think if we can regulate the marijuana trade and make sure that young people aren't buying it Uh, We're better off than we are with the black market now.
0: And there's kind of a whole history behind that, too, that uh, we can delve into in a little bit. But let's talk about this petition that went around this year. Now, medicinal marijuana is legal. That's state law. That's
1: established. In the city. That's correct.
0: There were some people who wanted to readdress the opt out for recreational marijuana. Can you explain how that kind of all came about?
1: We're seeing, I think, that the medicinal marijuana situation is, is going away and is actually being subsumed eaten up by the, uh, the recreational marijuana. Uh, we had the, the the law passed that everybody could have 4 uh, plants or 8 ounces of marijuana all adults could. But a lot of people don't have access if they're not good at growing, uh, they need to have a place to buy their 8 ounces of marijuana and right now they have to go to Medford or Tillamook or Someplace else to do it rather than getting it locally, and we lose out on the benefits of that economically. We lose out on the the availability of marijuana to people that want to have a right to and want to purchase it here, locally. So a, a group of us decided. We tried to get the city council. As I said, I put a, I kind of got a sense of the council to see if anybody was willing to change their mind on it. They weren't. So then we just started gathering. Uh, signatures for the petition and we and the people on the city council said if the voters say they want it then we'll we'll back it but they want to hear from the voters
0: so the voters spoke through petition and now there is going to be on the November election ballot measure eighteen one twelve uh, could you explain exactly what measure 18 112 does what, or what, what, well, what it, it allows states?
1: yeah it allows for the city to uh, license and it allows for people to have retail. Uh, marijuana sales to people over twenty one within the city limits, the city can regulate it with reasonable regulations such as uh, uh, setbacks uh, number of facilities that type of thing but it would allow for for recreational marijuana uh, to be available in the city and it would set up an advisory council that of people that are used that that uh, use marijuana the police. And uh, various other groups would be represented on this advisory council.
0: So, who has been in support of this, and who's been opposed to it?
1: Well, uh, there aren't any. There's. I know the Democratic Party has been working with us, and uh, there's a group called Klamath Strong, and we. It's a citizens group that we organized. Uh, I don't know that anybody else has formally endorsed it. Uh, there are a lot of people opposed to it. I think Sky Lakes has been real active in doing that. The uh, economic development people were opposed to it, but I I noticed they took a neutral stance, at least one of them did, which I thought took to be a very positive sign. I've always thought this was something that would help our economic development, and I was disappointed that Casita and the Chamber of Commerce were opposed to it. They seem to be reconsidering that, and apparently their, their members are split pretty evenly on it.
0: Economic impact is something that this area has certainly felt a lot. And, you know, The decline of the timber industry drastically changed the Klamath Basin as we know it, and we continue to feel that impact. The, yeah,
1: I was here when warehouses shut down, and that was a huge impact. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is a potential boon, and we've been seeing it in other communities that chose to opt in. What have we seen in terms of tax benefits and economic impact in communities that have chosen to opt in now that Measure 91 has been in place for a couple of years.
1: It's bringing in significant money and, and jobs, not just directly into the retail business, but also all the uh, auxiliary jobs, you know, construction, uh, water, um, all kinds of uh, auxiliary jobs that don't necessarily touch marijuana, but they would be involved when people are building their grow sites they're build- and they're setting up their commercial activities. Um, So uh, the figures I have, there'd be 100 jobs directly in the marijuana retail business. There'd be about $350,000 raised in taxes, and that doesn't count all the auxiliary uh, fertilizer, equipment, construction. so.
0: So right now we're just talking about the city of Klamath Falls itself, but is there an effort that if this is successful to then maybe readdress it at a county level? Yes.
1: Yeah, we definitely, that'll be the next step. If we can pass this, then we're going to move on to the county.
0: Now, we've seen other areas uh, deal with this opt-in, opt-out issue. I was very involved when I used to work for the newspaper out in in Lakeview Mm -hmm. with Lake County's debate over this. And it's been fascinating to watch because their county chose to opt out like Klamath County did. But the town of Lakeview opted in. And that created a very long debate of figuring out just how do we actually regulate this? The OLCC, which is in charge of establishing the, the rules for this, hasn't exactly been helpful in creating a standard for the rules that each community should set. So they had to figure out things like uh, uh, distance, should we establish uh, certain uh, uh, parameters regarding proximity to schools and to churches. And actually, they, the rules that they set, they realized that they'd made it impossible to build <laughs> a, a uh, dispensary uh, based on the proximity rules that, that they established because there were no commercial zones left. So they had to kind of readdress that and, and reduce the, those links. But what... Uh, parameters in terms of regulation have been at least preliminarily discussed at this point should 18 pass.
1: I know that the county actually went through that process anticipating that it might pass in the county so they've done they're ahead of the game we haven't done any real work as far as how we're going to do it that's going to start if it passes in November won't take effect till January we're going to have to uh do some serious work in trying to figure out distances, setbacks, odor control, nuisance control, things like that. Um, And we haven't really done any. The assumption is it isn't going to pass, I guess. So nobody's (laughs) really anticipating working on it right now.
0: Has there been much communication with other communities and counties that have opted in, in terms of trying to figure out what to do? Not that I'm aware of, no. One issue that always comes up (laughs) Anytime it's tax season and any anytime that it's election season, pe- people never seem to remember what part of town they live in, whether they're in Klamath Falls or right. Altamont, until it, it actually makes sense. Now, I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if you know or not, if people who live in the Altamont boundary or the urban growth boundary are included on the ballot to be able to vote for Measure eighteen one twelve.
1: Yeah, I honestly don't know, but I'm going to go talk to the... Uh the clerk's office when we're done here, because it hadn't occurred to me that there was an issue, but I, I see that there is.
0: Medicinal versus recreational. Um, enforcement of that, medicinal has been in place so long now in the state of, of Oregon that there, there's kind of established laws and rules for it and, and regulation. But since you are involved with law enforcement in in your role, have you heard a lot of complaints from officers in terms of how they manage Recreational versus medicinal and and how they they approach it, or
1: I think the medicinal is as you say, is pretty well established, unfortunately, I think it's going to disappear uh, to the recreational market because it doesn't most people who are using it medicinally, if they can have four plants or eight ounces uh, recreationally, there's no need to go through all the hoops of getting the doctor's statement. So I'm afraid that uh, Ed Medina's got one of the few medicinal stores left in the state of Oregon, and, and he can see the handwriting on the wall. Eventually the recreational is just going to eat up the medicinal, and and uh, OLCC will be running the show instead
0: of Department of Human Services. So... Once the, the votes are in, if this passes, what's the next step? What what does uh, Phil Studenberg jump into action with as both a, an attorney heavily involved in the city and city council member?
1: Well, we're going to the first thing we're going to have to do, and it's going to be in, in two months, we're going to have to have some reasonable regulations in place so that somebody can come down and get a license from the city on January 1st or whatever the date is in January um, we have to be able to, to have regulations in place, and I'm sure our our staff can do that. We have a very competent city staff. So that's going to be a lot of work for the n- months of uh, November, December, January, trying to get everything in place so it's a fair system.
0: What do you feel people should know about either recreational marijuana use or measure 18112 that perhaps isn't out there in the, the common conversations?
1: Well, we're seeing a lot of stuff about uh, uh, attractive nuisance, you know, advertising for kids, and that's simply not allowed in Oregon. You can't have the gummy bears and things like that in Oregon. That's uh, something that the opponents are coming up with from somewhere else because Oregon's very strict on that. They need to know that uh, people under 21 are not going to be able to, to buy marijuana. And uh, there have been some uh, efforts to catch stores that are selling to kids. The first time around, it was pretty bad. Now it looks like the stores are in compliance throughout the state, and they're doing a pretty good job of regulating control and giving access to the kids. Of course, we have no way of stopping parents who have marijuana in their house now from their kids getting a hold of it. That's a parenting thing. That's That's not a commercial thing.
0: Politically, could there be something where even if after this passes by uh, community vote that council decides a further opt-out move or a prohibition of it or it could be overturned down the line again? Or
1: I don't think so. I don't think there's a provision for doing that. I think once it's approved, it's in. Um, the only thing they could do is try it in if, if the city council is really adamant about it, they could try to regulate it away, make the regulation so stiff that we couldn't have retail stores. But I think they'd get be setting themselves up for a
0: lawsuit by doing that. Which is exactly what happened in, in yeah. Lakeview. <laughs> Well, the the history of marijuana prohibition, I find really fascinating. As a student of history, it has a lot of ties in the 1920s alcohol prohibition era. And then when that was inevitably overturned, a lot of those same advocates then turned their sights on this. It has ties to uh, pre-civil rights segregation of it was becoming popular among jazz and black culture. And it was a, a way to view that. And William Randolph Hearst, the newspaper mogul and he felt threatened by hemp products and hemp paper threatening his newspaper industry. So he used a lot of his political influence and his newspaper industry to really drive this. Whereas the alcohol prohibition ended after about a decade or so a little over a decade and and it was overturned. People saw that that really drove crime and a black market and it really didn't help in, in preventing it. Why do you think that marijuana prohibition hasn't followed that same course why it's it's stayed true for now going on 80 plus years yeah
1: i think there's a direct parallel to prohibition and i think the reason frankly is it's been used as a way of uh, uh keeping uh, different races uh, suppressed um what harry An- anslinger did to billy Holiday is a classic example he destroyed the woman's life with her uh, drug addiction and he used the war on drugs because he thought she was uh, rising above her station, if you will, and she died chained to a hospital bed because uh, she had an opiate addiction. At the same time, uh, Joe McCarthy was getting heroin delivered to him in the Senate. So there's clearly, and and then it came around again in the Nixon era. And I think if you read what John Ehrlichman had to say, he said the war on drugs was used to suppress the hippies, the anti-war movement, and the minorities, and to break them up. And, and it served a useful purpose where alcohol didn't serve that purpose in this in the way that drugs do.
0: And that's continued to this day, and there's a lot of hysteria that I certainly saw when I was in, in Lakeview, and we started uh-huh. to see it now here, Measure eighteen one twelve 112 um, coming up on, on the ballot here as well, of some people treating marijuana like it's the final sign of the apocalypse, which right. I, I find to be strange and kind of fascinating when amidst all those conversations of how this is going to bring so many drugs into the community and all that, no one in in the course of those conversations seems to ever be talking about the massive meth epidemic yes. that we have going on.
1: And, and heroin's coming back for some reason. I'm in, And I see that in my work. There's a lot of heroin overdoses. And I think that's directly tied to the, uh, the opioid crisis because we have young, young people, especially that get on painkillers kill, pain and can't get off of them. And then when they can no longer get them, they resort to heroin as a street drug. But yeah, I I see marijuana as more like going home and having a cocktail at night. And it is it is not uh, comparable at all to heroin or to, to certainly meth or cocaine, which is also making a comeback.
0: You mentioned opioids and painkilling drugs have grown exponentially over the, the last few years in their potency and also addictiveness and that we're seeing that as, as such a drastic situation of overdoses from opioids and that's opening the door that's the real gateway drug that i, that, that I see everyone calls marijuana a gateway drug but uh what's being prescribed sometimes seems like it's far more lethal
1: yeah i agree
0: Marijuana versus hemp is another thing that gets caught up in the um, the conversation here. Now, hemp has no THC, so right. uh, Senator Ron Wyden, who's been a big advocate for hemp growing as the new ag industry, every time he holds a town hall, he says the same thing. You're as likely to get high smoking hemp as you are your own T-shirt. During World War II, farmers were strongly encouraged to grow hemp. It was used for rope. It was used for parachutes. It was used to help... Fuel right. the uh, the the war effort, and now there's so much hindrance to farmers being being able to grow hemp. Yet it's one of the most malleable resources around. It'll grow anywhere. It yeah. grows fast. You can grow the same amount of of pulp for paper with hemp in three months' time as would take ten years to grow from right. from trees. There's so many products from it. Why do you think that hemp is still so limited in in its use when it's shown time after time to be? Such a valuable product from well, an agricultural standpoint.
1: Yeah, as you said, uh, William Randolph Hearst had a lot to do with it. It was very popular before, uh, uh, and he got a hold of it and he he changed the market. It's kind of like when they tore up all the public transit systems to benefit uh, private car owners. Uh, it's the same thing. It's where the money is, and and unfortunately now hemp, and the war on drugs has kind of gotten it confused so that people can't make that distinction very easily. And hemp could be a, a life-saving drug, not a drug, a life-saving plant for the American economy if we give it a chance.
0: Uh, a lot of farmers that may be struggling if they grew hemp. It's yeah. easy to grow. It'll grow in almost any environment, and it can be used for it's a thousand of different products. Yeah. So. yeah,
1: and Mitch McConnell supports it, but he hasn't been able to get a bill passed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that that's Congress for you, yeah. I, I guess. Right now, well, and speaking of politics, because this issue is so intertwined politically, a lot of people don't want to address it because of those drug m- misconceptions. On a local level, being a member of city council, how do you see the uh, the political tides turning in, in regards to marijuana use in Klamath Basin?
1: I think they are turning, and I, I think the, the the old guard, if you will, in the in the city is having a hard time letting go of some of their control. But I do see the community is changing. I think we're we're the economy is improving. Uh, we are changing, and I the the face of Klamath Falls is is uh, is becoming different. And I think some people are scared of that. As I said, the old guard, the money class, don't want to see a change, but it's going to happen. It's inevitable, and I think. Inevitably, we will have retail marijuana.
0: If this does pass, how quickly do you see it um, taking hold before we start seeing recreational marijuana um, businesses in town?
1: Oh, there are people ready to go on January 1, I think. If we can give them a license, there are people that are ready to do it.
0: Now, OLCC's involvement in in that process is that going to help or hinder? Because we've been hearing all sorts of conflicting information in terms of people trying to pursue li- uh, business licenses, having issues with OLCC while they're still trying to figure out how exactly they want to regulate yeah. this. Yeah,
1: they need to to get their act together because they're causing people money. They're they're interrupting businesses and uh, people who want to invest sums of money. So OLCC really does need to get. Maybe they need more employees. Maybe they need more inspectors. I don't know what they need. but the And the legislature's got to get their act together and figure out uh, what the regulations are. I know that uh, Prodzanski is talking about setting up a system where Oregon could export marijuana to other states that are legal, which would be a huge, a uh, whole different thing. So the, the legislature's got to figure out what they're doing. And uh, get some regulations passed that everybody can understand, so business people know what they're doing.
0: As an attorney, do you see any potential legal challenges that could come down the road if this passes, or if it doesn't pass?
1: Uh, I don't know that there's a legal challenge to the moratorium. We looked at that when it was passed, and we thought there might be some equal protection arguments. Frankly, I mean, there there is a, a constitutional right to be have the same rights as other citizens, and I. My initial impression was the moratorium denied people of Klamath County the right, the same rights that uh, people of uh, Jackson County have. I don't. It's not been filed. I don't think it will be. So I. I don't think there's any real legal challenges either way coming down the pike. So.
0: The fact that Klamath County and Klamath Falls have opted out so far. Uh, how much do you think has been lost through? Economic benefits, tax surplus. Uh, I can speak for Lakeview. There was a there's a company out there called the Forty Second yep,
1: Group that
0: uh, had looked at possibly coming to Klamath County, and instead they built their operation yep. in Lakeview. They're now hiring around a hundred people and bringing a lot of revenue into that that community. That's a lot of jobs for a small community. Sure what do you think that Klamath Falls and Klamath County have missed out on to date by not participating in Measure Ninety th- One?
1: I think we missed. Um, the, the, we have completely missed a boat, but certainly the the businesses that have been established in Lakeview, Chiloquin, uh, Medford uh, are going to be way ahead of the game and we're going to be playing a catch-up game. We lost an enormous amount of money and economic development and jobs when we didn't pass this.
0: Do you find it odd that for an area that has struggled to find new economic opportunities in the wake of the collapse of the timber industry would deny a potential new economic boon.
1: <laughs> yeah, just it baffles me, frankly. And I, I hear the Casita uh, and the chamber, and I'm not picking on them. I think they do a good job. But if they want to talk about improving our economy, uh, why would you turn away a source of income, a source of revenue, and a source of a lot of jobs for the county? just because it's got some stigma attached to it. Uh, they don't seem to act that way about alcohol. They don't act that way about tobacco. Um, these are businesses that there's a market for them, and, uh, and the uh, they should be regulated just like tobacco and alcohol, and uh, the benefit should be there for the citizens that choose to use it.
0: Well, measure eighteen one twelve is not the only issue on the ballot coming up in November. Are there other current concerns that the city council has, or, or that you have that that are coming up in the November vote?
1: Well, oh, I know they've got all the, these things on sanctuary cities. Uh, the uh, there's a, some tax measures. There's uh, I think there's a gun control. There's something about guns on the ballot. I don't I haven't followed that that closely, but the city hasn't really taken an active position on any of the other ones. Uh, I know the sheriff has come out against the sanctuary city thing, uh, Chris Caber has, but the city hasn't taken a position on any of that.
0: So uh, removing your, your personal views for, from a standpoint and taking your seat as both a city council member and, and an attorney, give me the arguments for and against voting in favor or against measure 18.112. From from your your level of expertise, what advice would you give to, to people who are still on the fence about voting
1: well I think the obvious reasons for voting for it are the ones we've talked about there's jobs there's economic development there's regulation uh, to get rid of the or at least to reduce the black market on the uh, the against side and I you know I give I understand these people's fears are, are legitimate they're afraid kids are going to get more access to marijuana they're afraid to, that it's a gateway drug that it's going to be creating uh You're going to have dispensaries downtown with people standing around smoking joints and the smells are going to be bad and it's going to hurt the appearance of downtown. Those are all legitimate concerns that I understand. I don't think that they are going to come true, but that's the argument on the other side of it.
0: And there have been efforts against quelling that with cigarettes. I yes. I remember not, not too not too long ago, some of the Blue Zones folks went around and collected a whole bunch of cigarette butts from parks. Right.
1: Right, and then they've been they were talking about uh, a smoke a cigarette free zone, a smoke free zone downtown. And I just I had to draw the line at that. I I I think with the Blue Zone, thing, I generally support Blue Zones, but I think they have to. I don't like the idea of using the law to punish people for doing something that isn't healthy and I think that's where I draw the line. Certainly, we've seen with cigarettes, we've encouraged people not to smoke. We've, you know, they do a lot of ad campaigns and they've been successful in reducing cigarette smokers without having to to impose a, to put a fine or put them in jail. And that's where I draw the line. I don't think you can punish people for being unhealthy.
0: So what lessons that have been learned from the past from either the alcohol prohibition era or the drug war do you think? Can and should be applied to what we're debating today? Well,
1: I think that, as I said, I believe that the uh, alcohol prohibition is an exact parallel. And we're going to see the exact same process if we can ever finally get rid of uh, a drug prohibition or marijuana prohibition. Canada just got rid of it, Uruguay has gotten rid of it completely. And I think that day's going to come. And uh, when it does, the gates are going to open, and, and we'll see that it's not nearly the, the thing everybody was afraid of, just as it was with alcohol.
0: I think there's kind of a fear of the unknown there? Yes,
1: I do. And, and, and there's a certain amount of hypocrisy, because a lot of the people that are opposing it were the ones that were smoking in college. And, uh, you know, they have to live with their own hypocrisy, <laughs> I guess.
0: So. Well, Phil Studenberg is an attorney here in Klamath Falls and a city council member um, who is a strong advocate for Measure 18112, which will be on the November ballot here in Klamath Falls. Phil, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to come in and educate us on this important issue.
1: Thank you. Anytime.